experience. Nothing. Not even dreams. He's after us in our dreams. Dreams aren't real. And our dreams can't hurt you. They're just dreams. Sweet dream. No bad dreams about Aunt Maggie. But my dreams aren't like yours. That's why they're called dreams. Dreams are not real. She lives in my dreams. Sweet dreams, my angel. In my dreams, I love you. From my dreams. Howdy folks, welcome to another episode of Screen Dreams. I'm your host, Cyrus Haley, and with me as always is my co-host and good friend, Daniel Ferguson. How's it going, Dan? Yeah, very well. Yep. How you doing, mate? Not doing too badly. <laughs> um, I literally have just finished watching Rublev, uh, maybe about five, ten minutes ago. Oh, so it's... Oh, that's so um, fresh. So that's the, film, that's the film we're talking about today is... Uh, Andrei Tarkovsky's 1966 film, Andrei Rublev. Here is a clip. And we're back from that fantastic Russian clip. <laughs> so Rublev was your choice, Dan. Um, why did you pick Rublev so early in the game? I respect it. Uh, but uh, explain yourself, sir. I don't know. I think it's, I mean, for a start, great film. I just think there's, I think there's a lot to talk about. Mm -hmm. um, I just think, I think there's a, I think there's a lot of mystery there and there's a lot of, uh, it's a great doorway in just to talking about Tarkovsky in general as well, which I'm kind of hoping we we kind of get to because I think in this film he really starts to kind of establish his voice. I mean, it's his only, it's his second film. Yeah, it's out, out, outrageously ambitious <laughs> second film. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you there. Um, and uh, you know he 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 wanted to do it bigger. They had, but uh, so the bud. He was he was um, mm. uh, confined by budgetary concerns. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't look like it. I have to be honest. But uh, I, yeah, but I know I know for a fact that it was. Uh, there was some some films that some scenes couldn't be done because the uh, the studio couldn't afford it. Um, mm. I, I just yeah, and I just think yeah, it's a great uh, it's a it's a it's a great um, film that talks about art and mm. the, and the, and the artist's journey mm. so maybe we could kind of sort of go on a bit of a segue in that direction yeah as well yeah well uh, i think that's probably the most um yeah the thing that kind of hit me most uh, this is this was my second viewing um to be honest mm. the first i saw it the first time when i really first got into tarkovsky it was like all right better watch all his movies the only the only film i haven't seen of his is the one i've got on blu-ray the sacrifice which i still just i don't know i just it's once i yeah. do that the door closes in a weird way but then obviously you can just rewatch them endlessly yeah. um yeah there is so much rewatch value in every everything that he does i mean that's that's mo most like, of this i, I didn't remember <clears throat> to be honest i mean most of uh what i remembered and i think for me, what what you remember from a film for me has become kind of my barometer because I know I know I have good memory. 
if I don't, you know, what I remember tends to be that's what affects me most. And what I remembered from my first viewing of Rouvelef was three, basically three bits. The dude in the hot air balloon, the making yeah. of the bell, and the yeah. color reveal of the saints. Yeah, um, yeah. Which, parts. I mean, that fucking color reveal of the, the saints is um, one of the all-time... It's such great a great moments. way to it's a, such yeah. a great way to end the film as well because mm. it's all yeah. you know obviously that's the whole film has been in black and white up until mm. that point and yeah it's a quite a great way of uh, describing somebody finding their voice or something like that yeah the light yeah it's it's funny because um it feels like the first Tarkovsky film I'm not even Ivan's childhood is is a is a great film um, in its yeah. own right, but it does it. It feels like all the all the sort of motifs, all the symbols, get established in this film that then sort of then echo mm, throughout totally. throughout the, the even the, um, even's childhood the feels like it wants to be a film, you know, like mm. a film, like a conventional film. It's like okay, I mean, I just said Evans, like I, I think, I mean, I usually say Ivan's childhood, but whatever. Yeah. Um, um, but but yeah, the it's copying. It's like well, it's kind of a normal film, especially by yeah. Tarkovsky standards. Whereas yeah. this one is just like okay, I mean, you know, fuck fuck you. Yeah, if you're with me, you're with me. If you're not, you're not. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. like formless, shapeless. You know. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. obviously has a structure, but um, and we can talk. I think I actually think a nice thing to talk about um obviously okay i mean obviously we're gonna talk about like fear and faith and like talent in quotes and like god blessed talent i mean these are the real for me the the main things um but also i think just the episodic nature of it is rather mm -hmm. interesting it gives it a kind of biblical feel like yeah. like watching watching it it's like i don't want to say it feels like a bi like a bible of movies because it's not like this is like a you know something that other filmmakers would follow although i did see lots of uh influence um like uh you know the 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 witch scene very reminded me a lot of the when they run down to the river in oh brother where art thou and 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 actually there's the fire sequence in roma in the forest uh when you know when the witches the what are they called the it's like the witch's sabbath scene that definitely oh, yeah. has inspired a lot of scenes um but um, it's kind of basically what I'm saying. It feels mythological, like it's 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 beyond epic. It feels like a folk, like it's yeah. And the episodic nature helps that greatly, I think. Yeah, it could. Yeah, it is could could be like a parable from like the Bible or something like that. Mm. All the characters, well, Andrei Rublev, especially, he's obviously a monk and he's following those teachings and he's trying to act in that in that way so that kind of all yeah that makes sense i think i think yeah and the way he kind of floats as well like he's not necessarily the, the key yeah. of every scene yeah especially he's just floating around later he kind of yeah that and i and that, i don't know i just mm. how he sort of for like a, a chunk of the movie becomes like this peripheral figure almost i think is just masterful because you still feel like you're looking at the world yeah. through his eyes still a bit um but yeah no i think mm. um all yeah all of those points are valid and i think it's i think it's such a clever choice for a for a second film because obviously you know he's um he wants yeah. to do something ambitious um and he uh 
he wants to bring this world alive. It made Russia in medieval times. I think a lot of lot of what he says, what they're trying to do is is to bring bring that world, you know, make you know make it feel real. Which I think it, I think it, the film definitely it really does. The film definitely does like yeah um, really well. And uh, you know that's a great kind of pitch as well to. Uh, to you know i think at the time as well it was all very uh i think everything that kind of got the go-ahead in russia sort of had to have a, a sort of a patriotic you know kind of a, na- yeah. a nationalism to it i did kind of feel that a little bit more this time watching it i was like oh right because uh, i was thinking how the fuck has tarkovsky pulled how how has this been done i, I mean pitched it, it feels a- mystical but he's pitched it yeah he's pitched it as a kind of yeah, look, this is our history. This is a Russian history. It's almost like a historical, like a documentary. I mean, it's not, you know, but he. I'm sure that's kind of how he would have tried to get get it made. Yeah, and I think I would imagine, and I'm sure the same applies. I mean, I think he's followed Tack in, um, you know, with going from his first film as well. You know, he's gonna make he's gonna make a war film through the eyes of a a child, a Russian child. Yeah. Is it does have that kind of same, uh, you know, almost kind of patriotic nationalist, you know, uh, kind of thing to it. So yeah, I think I think he's kind of followed that. But then he, but but what he's done, he has he has used that opportunity to then do something else as well mm. entirely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's things in this film that just is breathtaking, and I think the the. The greatest, probably my favorite thing, and what I got from it watching it this time around was uh, like horses, how horses play a part in this film, Mm. and what I don't, what they symbolize, is Mm. amazing. The final, the final shot. This is the horses in in the final shot. um, Yeah, but there's so. But actually, if you look for it, there's so much sort of references to horses throughout the entire film um and which you then can well well well, for example i'll I'll give you a few examples when the when the hot air balloon scene at the beginning Mm -hmm. which is a great way to start a film (laughs) i Um, rogue as fuck yeah but, but, but did you notice like when he when he crashes it jumps to a clip of a horse getting well no i think the horses are i think the horse is already on the ground and it's sort of getting up as if to say like, Oh, okay. And that's, and, and, um, maybe we can start thinking of, yeah. And when, when, the when the, uh, the cathedral, everyone's dead in the cathedral and he's sort of having his vision of yeah. talking to his, um, mentor, a horse just sort of roams in, mm. um, that's beautiful, beautiful shot where the, um, they're raiding the city and he's ca- and the cat the, the the prince who sort of betrayed his own people. Yeah, yeah. He's being a- is being is he being asked if he regrets it and if he feels mm. sad? And then the camera just pans to the like the to the right or whatever and just looks at this horse's horse. face. I remember. Yeah, that moment actually stuck. Yeah, that actually stuck out to me this time. It just pans over to this horse and it's like, yeah, what do you think of this? And it just and the horse just kind of blinks and then you know we have a little moment there. Yeah. Um, so, what do you? What does that? Uh, I mean, without having but, to put too fine a point on it, how does? I mean, what does that kind of make you feel? I think. I think. 
I think a lot of the key of this film is the um, is obviously the beginning scene with the balloon. Okay. Another because it's quite it, it's an intro it's an introduction to you know what I mean it's a pretty bold introduction to the film. Um, yes. And uh, and I think how that how when he crashes and it jump and it pans to the horse and the fact that the ending scene is on the horses we I think the, there's a big there's something big going on with horses. Here <laughs> you know what? You know what? You're absolutely sim- right. Sim- symbolic symbolic yeah. kind of uh subtext or something mm. like there's an undercurrent mm. um so right uh, this is what tarkovsky says about right i'll just read you this Go and on, then and then we're trying to think how <clears throat> horses might be kind of carrying on this 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 kind of uh, theme or, or symbol perhaps throughout okay so this is um this is a quote from android Tarkovsky. Okay. Whether one wishes to fly before it has become possible, or cast a bell without having learned how to do it, oh, you dirty. or pe- or paint an icon, mm. all these acts demand that for the price of his creation, man should die, dissolve himself in his work, give himself entirely. That is Jeez. the mean. That is the meaning of the prologue. The man flew, and for that he sacrificed his life bloody hell so i think you know uh this whole kind of uh i think the horse <laughs> i don't know i mean this is just my theory but the horses you know they're always kind of symbolizing this um this um act of some you know somebody following their sort of creative path or somehow or something i'm not sh- right do you know? Do you know what I mean? They're they're kind of like that driving force, that symbol that are that is always there. That is well, perhaps, I mean, perhaps, horses perhaps indi- indicating of this path or something. I'm not. I'm mm. not. You know what I mean? I'm not. I'm something, something along those lines. I don't. I don't know if you if you kind of see where I'm. Coming well, I from mean, a there. horse. A horse. I mean, yeah, I do kind of see what you're saying, but the, uh, like, horses have been used a lot in movies, right? And and they tend. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, westerns. Yeah, and they tend to be because okay, like a horse basically serves man, right? You know, it, it, and especially back back in you know Andre Rublev when Andre Rublev is set, mm. it's like you know it's a, it, inextricable from society. I mean, from daily work life. I mean, you have horses. You know, they're just part of our like without them, our development would would have been impossible i mean the plowing fields and you know all sorts of stuff that we need horses for but they're kind yeah. of, they are they are wild um and they kind of serve us mm-hmm. um you know uh and I think... there's a lie that i kind of feel that is sort of, i mean i don't know you know i don't know much about horses you know I've, I've worked on a horse ranch but i don't i don't know i mean you know i didn't really get to know the horses i hung out with them but who knows um they but i think there's a lie that that horses enjoy the the enjoy it you know like being subservient Which to I w- men i could no i would not i would i wouldn't agree with that Mm. And I think I think in Tarkovsky's cinematic language, which mm. he builds, and horses start appearing. I mean, even in the next film, in Solaris, in like pretty soon into the into the into the film, you, there's another horse that pops up, where it's the the children who are like scared mm. of the horse yeah. in the barn, and there's this amazing shot of like 
this dark this horse in this kind of dark barn that's kind of, and it I, it I don't know it just it's it's a it's a very it's a very specific depiction of a horse um and i i don't i, I don't know if there's a, a, a um a nietzschean reference there because um there's the famous story of nietzsche um sort of before he becomes basically a total recluse and shuts himself mm-hmm. off from society altogether apparently the last times he was seen in public was um he sees like this horse dragging or a plow serving serving man mm, yeah you know just dragging some and he kind of just like you know goes to this horse and starts crying <laughs> and i'm and I, to, <laughs> yeah as if okay to say, yeah like, yeah as if just like, I like that and and, and and i'm much more i'm I'll, I'll bet my bottom dollar that tarkovsky's thinking of horses more in that way where they're kind of like these passive onlookers to just like this you know absolute carnage um but then i can't help but also feel like they're also he's he's you know uh they're included in some other way some kind of mysterious language that he's using them as to to um to indicate like a sort of a truer path or when something's I don't know when when something important is happening in this film there always just seems to be a horse there. Now that you've said it I'm just scrolling through my head of all the horses. I mean there's horse there's there's, there's horses all over his work all over the place. Um yeah, I, is there, there is. not is there not a horse I know there's a dog in the vision uh the guy has of mother russia in nostalgia that you know where it's the final shot of nostalgia where it zooms out on his uh, farmland and it's encapsulated within the ruins of the church is oh, there not yeah. a horse in the background there as well no i don't think there is no, no. okay I, no. I thought there might have been i know there's that black dog well you know um, I t- i'll tell you where there's a horse so when tarkovsky's doing that interview and he's talking about how like advice to young people mm. etc there's a horse appears in that <laughs> nice so i th- I think he just starts filming a horse or something i'm not sure but um yeah there's uh yeah there's i mean i, I maybe you could you could find some more examples and stuff but um i i just think this is obviously you know tarkovsky really gets more into this language of cinema i mean it doesn't matter what the horse means yeah exactly i don't i i, I the fact that it's it ha- it sub- somehow serves this mysterious cinematic purpose in this film that kind of creates this w- sense of um it you know it just kind of makes sense i don't but but i i don't really feel like i need to know why put too many words on it but yeah. but it is kind of fascinating how um because the ho- a horse, I mean, once once you start trying to, because it, it's a very quite universal symbol as well. I I find um, the traditional symbol of the horse. I think I think it's very possible that Tarkovsky might it might it might you might be right. It might actually be the complete opposite of what horses usually were used for, which were like mm. you know, uh, friend of man, servant of man. Yeah, you know? like he's like, uh, yeah, no. No, I mean, there's that the scene where the horse falls down the stairs 
uh it's pretty bad it's pretty not pretty tough to watch like yeah yeah um, is... it's like slipping and it fucking falls off and it's like mm. that you know you can't that doesn't fly now i mean yeah. you know i mean he's killing birds left and right in this he's throwing <laughs> i love the uh, he's shameless in the fact that he's just like throw more birds in front of the lens because right now we need some birds to fly out front of the lens. Yeah. Fucking love it. <laughs> Fuck, you know that those birds are being held by the neck by some Russian wrangler. <laughs> and he's like, and he's like, and they just like throw the birds. <laughs> um, I mean, you, you know, uh, this is just such a tangent, but you know the scenes in Mother uh, Mirror where uh, mm. there's like wind goes across the fields. Um, he had chartered yeah, a helicopter yeah. for that, and like the helicopter would have to oh, do like passes, and yeah, and it would take like forty-five minutes to do like a to do a round trip to like go over the top and get the wind to blow. I mean, it's wow, it's, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's fucked. <laughs> it's fucked up. But yeah. the wind, you look at that shot and you're like, how's he, how has he choreographed the wind? Yeah, like, I know. It's like, is oh, he, he Christ a himself? A helicopter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you can just wow. go action wind. It's like no, no. There's yeah, there's a heli there. Um, uh, uh. Yeah, yeah. So his commitment cannot be overstated, and and yeah, oh, this well, really you feels. You haven't seen you haven't seen sacrifice yet, and no, no. And uh, you know, there's. I mean, well, the, we've seen, you know we both know Stalker. I mean, that film mm. was shot three different times. Yes, by, with three different cinematographers, and obviously mm. they. I think they use bits from three three different ones, but to get. I mean, I think the first time they thought, oh, it's all gone really well. They got the film back and it was all kind of blue. Yeah, like, this blue tint incorrectly exposed. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I think the second time he just fell out with the guy who was supposed to be doing it. So the third time, lucky. And then obviously, yeah, the, and then we know what, and then obviously there's all the things that happened afterwards. Mm. Well, they all died um, of radioactive poisoning, allegedly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, his commitment has never been in question. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would actually say it's questionable how committed he. I mean, it's almost too much. Like there is an element of me where it's like with Tarkovsky, it's so he's so uncompromising, so like listen, you know, art's the meaning of life. Yeah. Fuck you. You know, like you you either do it or you don't. But like you know, don't come to me. You know. Yeah, uh, and it's and, and it's like it's a little bit I don't know it's a bit intense like I'm almost a bit afraid yeah. of that. It reminds me of Towns Van Zandt where he's like, you know, you want to do this, you got to throw everything in the wind. You know, you got to yeah, walk. Yeah. You got to walk that road. You got to throw it in the wind, man. You know. Yeah, but and that, it's like, I mean, oh, Jesus. You know, yeah, it's a bit well, scary. The, yeah, but that is, um, you know, going back to this quote, you know, mm. that is the that is the meaning of the prologue. The man flew, and for that he sacrificed <laughs> his life. Yeah, you're right. There you go. And it, and he's already at this stage. He's already, I think, you know, mm. he's a uh, maybe kind of, you know, he's he's making a an artistic statement about an artist, but it's how it's how he wants. I think it's even at this stage, he's kind of thinking this is this is where I'm going. You know, I'm already on. I'm already. Yeah. I'm already. I'm already on this path myself, sort of thing. Yeah. Um. And the, and that and the film maybe also stands as a you know symbol for that as well. So I, they, uh, I I don't know. There's this film is there's a lot of ways you can go with it. Uh, mm. going back to the horse about serving man as well. I mean, mm -hmm. the actual character, Rublev, has this dilemma sort of halfway through the film, doesn't he? Where 
up to up to the point where you know before they have the raid and kill everybody he's very interested in serving people isn't he he's yeah. very interested i mean he didn't want to paint the uh the last judgment cathedral because yeah. he didn't want to scare people he scare wanted to people do, off. you know yeah he wanted to do something he was very kind of like my work is for the people i actually have a theory about that um the mm. the the not wanting to paint the the hellfire but c- continue we'll get back to that and um yeah um <clears throat> when that experience happens with the raid and everybody's dead and everything he he goes completely the other way and was like well I'm not going to paint at all. Mm. And I'm not, and I'm the, and takes the, the vow of silence. So he kind of goes for one, and you know he says something like, "Oh, they don't need it." So I've, he was only ever thinking as an artist about what he could do for people. Um, yeah, and maybe there's some that there maybe is, you know, that kind of parallel with the horse as well being in like constant servitude mm. all the time. Mm. Um, um i don't know it's again you know you don't need to know it's just it's just um that is the sort of the big the starting of the building blocks of his cinematic language isn't it where you just have the these these symbols that appear that are universal symbols that can you can tag a lot to them um you know nothing you don't there is no explanation it's 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 they're just vessels or symbols again i use that word a lot but um to just for things to be tagged to them and you can kind of just may freely associate a lot of things but yeah Yeah. i did i think it is uh there's such a big part of that film i mean it's 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 it is crazy how how often they do appear at you know such key moments as well uh but anyway we're moving on from that yeah no that's um that's actually I mean, I did, obviously, the final shot being a horse, I did, I was like, oh, yeah, that's, um, I wonder what Dan's going to say about that. And you've, uh, uh, you've certainly, you've brought it, mate. You've delivered on that. <laughs> um, that's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. I actually have a couple questions just I'd like to get out of the way. I don't know. I mean, this is, these are more kind of um, boring, plotty questions. But I, just in case anyone is also confused by these things, I was confused by two things. I don't know if you have answers to these. But, um yeah. Number well, number one, which I think is more important, is why does the guy, um, the drunkard from the beginning, who then sees Andre at the end with the bell, say that Andre sold him out? I mean, because when he arrives, like, I, 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 look, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not 100 sure I understand. Because look, if I'm going to be honest, there's a lot of historical context to this film that I do not know. You know. And I think it would it definitely would help if I knew a bit of Russian history. I mean, I know a little but I, bit. I, but I think this film was made... This is not a... Bi- I, I mean, I don't think this is a biopic as such where it's historic, historically accurate. I think there's been no, a lot but, of po- but poetic I do think, license that's been used. Yeah, I do I think, think it would help to think, know, though. You know, I little, little bits of history. Hmm. But I don't think there's very much known about Andrei Rublev's life. I think a lot... I think a lot of this is all very, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it is kind of fictional almost. Um, mm. I don't think there's anything biograph like remotely. I do. I, I, well, sure. But I do think there's historical con- uh, context to it. Mm. At the beginning, they go to this little sort of shack and there are these, you know, people hanging out and there's this drunk guy who's entertaining everyone. And mm. then, you know, they kind of, they, they, you know, they're taking shelter from the storm and then, you know, some yeah. other riders come up 
and take him out, you know, and mm -hmm. smack his head against the tree and then chuck him over the back of an, another horse. Yeah. Um, and then and then we don't see him for, you know, like 16 hours. And then you're at the end of the movie and he's like, oh, Andre, you know, sold me out. And I was in the hole for, for 10 years because of this guy. Um, I don't. I just didn't, I mean, I, maybe you don't have an answer to that, but I, I didn't really understand why he felt Andre had sold him out. Yeah. Um... I mean, did, did, you know, those guys who came to that shack afterwards and then took him and took him away to the hole. Well, it's a, it's kind of who the fuck were they? Well, it was Kir uh, Kir um, what's it called? Kir Kirill? Cyril? Uh, he, yeah, you know, the, the, the guy who kills The guy the who dog. looks a bit like, um, <laughs> what's his name? Um... Liam Neeson. Yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> he does, you know, does the, look like Liam he's Neeson. Who the you know the je the jealous one who's uh, yeah. who's um, the talentless fuck. That yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's call well, him he, that. Well, he he you know he did, much he actually, like Liam Neeson actually. You know he he actually went out and did it and did it, which became you know he comes when they arrive to take this guy away. He comes in shortly afterwards, so that he'd be, he'd. You know, as a so was he was uh, he saying, oh, this guy's sinning, like he's drinking, he's a drunk. Yeah, because he's taking the fuck like away. A, a monk's, a monk's like God's work. The a buffoon is the devil's work. So he's kind of gone out, found some guards to come and get him, and then, like years and years later, this this mistaken identity with Andre Rublev sort of occurs. Mm. Um, I think it's more just to kind of illustrate just. It's at this point you're kind of just witnessing just how crazy the world is mm. that he's sort of living in. I suppose I'm. I that's how I see it. It's all. It's almost just sort of compounding things and how this person can like sort of recognize him and try and kill him um, with yeah. just one one of the many crazy things that could happen. But I I I don't know. There is I don't know. I. There's something, it's a good question, to be honest, because, you know, it's obviously very deliberate, mm. you know, I was choice. just, I was just confused by choice. it, yeah. I was, I was actively confused, and I wasn't really, I, I didn't like really know. I feel it. I don't, I don't feel confused. I just kind of feel, feel that it's all just kind of fitting together in some sort of strange way. Um, mm. I mean, the actual chapter was called The Buffoon, wasn't it? So the... It was sort of a you know a fable, or if if you like about the buffoon or his character in terms of where that yeah. his his position sort of lies in the whole story. I I don't know. It's it's a good question, but um, I it's okay. Well, I got another one for you. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so why? And this is much more kind of up to. I don't think there's like a definitive answer. It's not so much a plot mm. question as it is a kind of. Talking point. Why do you think I'm? Uh, by the way, the bell maker. Yeah. Uh, am I? Was that? Uh, let me. I should probably check. I should have checked this before. But the kid who makes the bell, is he, um, Ivan? I think so. Yeah. I'm, I'm very sure. Because he, he looks is, like yeah. him. He looks like yeah. a grown-up Ivan to me. Yeah. 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 Oh, he is. I, he is. He is. I've just checked it. Yeah. He is. Yeah, Nikolai yeah. Burlayev. Burlayev or something. Yeah, Sorry about that. Yeah. Um. So. Why do you think he makes the bell? Uh, Two-part question. Why do you think he makes the bell? Is it simply to escape? And number two, why is he so bummed out at the end? Um, 
that his father didn't actually give him the secret and he'd actually lied to the guys who uh, commissioned him to make the bell um, about his father giving him the secret. I think that's kind of a nice... Um, I mean, I, I, I have some ideas myself, but, you know, I, li I really like the scene where they come across Ivan. Um, you know, where he's like, no, yeah, my, my sister's died of plague, mom's died of plague, dad's died of yeah. plague. And he's like, what about your neighbor? He's like, died of plague. <laughs> Um, and, and so it's like, well, um, it's like, well, um, uh, you know, you can see you'd be like, well, anything to get out of it, just sitting here and like, you know, who knows how long this kid has been there just sort of killing chickens and getting on with life. Um, yeah. But, uh, but then he's so heartbroken when the bell eventually rings and, and, and Rublev himself is so moved, I think, by Ivan and the bell that he's like, well, fuck it, I'm going to paint again. Yeah, yeah. I that's it's such a great moment in the film, isn't it? It is. Kind yeah, of, that's because that is the moment where obviously breaks his. He ends his vow of silence as yeah, well. Yeah, he just starts. He starts well. consoling him just straight it's, away. Yeah. yeah, it's very. Yeah, that's such a powerful moment in the film. Like I just feel like I feel that every time. Um, yeah. Um, well, he wanted to spread I, as much love as possible. Like that's what he was saying at the beginning, and that's why. Uh, the, the whole not wanting to paint the hellfire, um, you know, he's like, I don't want to do it with fear. You know, I want to move people with love, not fear. And the idea of fear and faith being so connected, especially in the sort of pagan sort of vibe, like where it's like, you've got to be afraid of the fire and brimstone to really believe. And and I, I don't think Tarkovsky... Well, what's interesting is... <clears throat> I think, I as, think as, faith as... has a lot to do with the answer of the question. Um, you know, I think... right. So he had faith that he had the secret. He was convinced that his dad had given him the secret. So therefore he had, there, all, there is kind of a, the, he had that essence mm. of, of faith. And, um, well, he had faith you know, that he, he could make a bell and do it without actually, without actually having the secret that he would just, he could pull it off. And, and look, he made the well, bell. Did he, did he know if he had the secret? Yeah, but why did he? But maybe it wasn't sounding the way that it was supposed to sound. That's what how I interpret it. Oh it's like wow! He made he made the bell, but it's not. It's not quite good how, enough. How his, it's not how his dad did it, you know. So. Oh my god! You've just done it, mate. You've just done it. Tarkovsky's dad was. A, oh my god! That's it. You fucking dirty bastard. That's it. Tarkovsky's dad was a poet, mm -hmm. you know, and he probably he's like, yeah, it's not as good. My work isn't as good as I was my father's, and he never gave me the secret to making that you know he reads his dad's poetry and he reads his poetry in his dad's in his own films he reads his dad's yeah, poetry well, a lot yeah in mirror <laughs> and he references yeah. dad's poetry in mirror because the poetry that and is, nostalgia and nostalgia yeah, yeah that's right and rubelef is saying like don't worry man you know your films are making people happy and he's like yeah but they're not good enough like i'm a fucking perfectionist i'm a lunatic they need to be you know my dad had set a fucking standard and like when I read my dad's poetry, I am moved. You know, I would yeah, say. Yeah, I, mean, I don't. I mean, I mean, you can speculate on whether it's come. Is it? You know, it's Andrei Tarkovsky talking about himself through his characters. I think that's very possible because, you know, he obviously goes on to do that more and more. Yeah. You know, in I think you know, especially Mirror. Mm. Um. So my favorite I would, I wouldn't be by the yeah, way. See, I mean, that's what I'm talking about. This film is the beginning of a lot of things. Uh, yeah. And that's uh, it's that's why it's kind of in, interesting. Um, 
because you can then just sort of start creating these kind of links. That's some, yeah, like you've got that from it. And I think that's, you know, perfectly valid reading. Mm. Um, but I think in terms of the characters in the film, um, you know, Rublev, um, there, what, there is a line, you know, where there is a kind of, you know, uh, something to do with fatherless children in the, in the cathedral scene where he's talking to his mentor again. Um, um there is a right. ref, there, there's an actual reference to a line, um, you know, being be like being a father for fatherless children. Um, and right. I think, and I think Andre Rublev at that moment in time, his faith was completely shattered. And I think yeah. after the bell was made to everybody else, you know, it seems like a perfectly good accomplishment but this kid is faith has been shattered because it's not how his you know his his dad hadn't given him the secret to make the bells like he had him. yeah yeah so and 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 that's where rublev see finds his sees his purpose again to 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 come in and um and love yeah i think i think so i mean it's he kind of maybe just at that point through the lens of this person sees the bit the bigger picture well, it kind of goes back to you know the the art again. You know, I mean that's kind of, that's really what this film's sort of it's about. about. It's yeah. about dis- dissolving dissolve himself in his work, give himself entirely. Um, maybe that was part of that process for mm. you know for his character to then go through all what what he did, and then was you know was able to come to come back and look at things from that fresh perspective maybe was like the key yeah but that's just but this is very you know as, as i said before I mean, this is i think this is all very much you know tarkovsky's ideas it's fair i mean and to say it, there must be a lot of himself and his own ideas into into it because i don't think there's very much known about the actual real person so it there is you know huge poetic license going on here mm. you don't ever want to be ever be too fixed on one meaning but that's what ma- what that's what makes him so good to talk about because there is so much mystery and there is so many ways you can interpret it you know and mm. and and mm. you just having that there is something that i actually like you talking about him and his dad is something that i'd never thought about before i never mm. i'd never uh well i think i do think his dad kind of looms me. large over his work i think um I think he even uh, he would admit that. Um, but there's a good line there where where that's kind of feeding into this that I'm reminded of. I actually took a note of it is when he's um, he's he's telling um, I think it's Cyril that he's like, oh, listen, man, I'm I'm gonna just shut my mouth and I'm not gonna paint. Like fuck it. Um, and he says, I've worked for humans, you know, mm. all of this time. Um, mm. And he's like, he doesn't want to work for humans anymore. Um, and he wants to work. I mean, I, 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 I'm taking that as him saying he wants to work. He wants to work for God. I mean, he doesn't want it like the fact that yeah, okay, I'm painting these churches for God in inverted commas, but really I'm painting them for these rich dudes who who are actually you know who who are building these churches and they want they want to they want me to paint them for them, uh, and some of them I don't particularly even like them. The people I'm working for. Mm. And then, and then it gets worse and worse. They're actually destroying 
the things I like and I'm still having to sort of work for them. Um, and uh, and it's like, uh, you know, there could be a sort of connection there. Although how is, I mean, this is just his second film, but, um, you know, I, well, it's not actually. I mean, he did make a lot of short films and make a lot of experimental shit, but there could be a kind of connection there between, you know, you're working w in this idea of like Rublev wanting to work for God and purely mm being Tarkovsky wanting to work like you know to 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 use Lynch's way like just to serve the idea staying true to the idea um mm -hmm. but the, the the fact is you know you're beholden because movies cost money you're beholden to patrons you know to bigger folks who you don't necessarily agree with or like but they are the ones paying you to make this shit and so you're kind of having to express yourself within that and it's like uh Rublev going no I'm not even going to fucking paint like it's not worth it is you know, is the equivalent of a filmmaker going, well, look, I'm not, if I, you know, I, I can't work within the studio system. So fuck it. You know, Lu Lucas going, you know, I'm going to make my little movies for myself and my family. It's that like, <clears throat> just to, just to poke another, you know, little dig at Lucas. Um, you know, you know what I mean? That could be a, a feeling, yeah. although it seems a little bit early for Tarkovsky to be feeling that way, but, but, Maybe not because it's uh, like you said, his film is being cut. I mean, this film is, has three separate releases or, or, or cuts. Yeah. There's a 114 minute version. There's the um, th three hours, three minute version, which I watched just simply because it's so it looks so much better. It's such a better restoration. And then there's the three hour, 25 minute version, which I don't actually think I've ever seen. I have to mm, admit. No, um, no, I, I, I wonder. What and that would break that would break his fucking heart. That would break the man's heart um that we haven't seen that um but it is so grainy the only version i can get my hands on um yeah. but um yeah so i don't know i mean you know with with making art you're always beholden onto some onto someone else you know yeah i think um i mean that's again valid perfectly valid reading i mm. think i tend to think with tarkovsky as you said before like he is so hardcore in a way in terms of how <laughs> yeah. it, in terms of how he kind of sees what he's doing i mean he's so earnest and so uh you know a diehard if you like and committed yeah. um like fully dedicated I, th I think he's actually really asking a lot in this film like what is what is the purpose of art in a in a, a world that's just gone mad mm. a crazy world where you spend all this time doing making this work for it just to get sort of burnt down mm. uh you know people i think do, do you know what i mean he's kind of i think he's more kind of how how does like an artist uh reconcile that this yeah. kind of there is this kind of like holy pursuit isn't it like where he's trying to like uncover like truth and it's all very you know it's i mean there's, there's there it is very serious yeah this character sort of go what he goes through in this film and how he dis discovers himself as an artist is a lot to do with you know these huge themes like you know reconciling himself before god and like and and people you know, and the madness of the world and why, you know, why continue to do what he's doing. And I, yeah, when you are 
like putting all this work into films like Andre Rublev, where there's so much work that's gone into it, um, collaborating intensely with people, spending a lot of money. You know, he won't like he he. I think he prefers to make statements that are more on that kind of scale. Um, yeah, and um, maybe I don't know. I think that's. I mean. He kind of does just continue in that vein. And um, you haven't watched The Sacrifice yet, but, you know, he goes, he's like, you know, by this time he knows he's dying. He's got cancer. He knows he's, he's this is going to be his last film. But what does yeah. he, what does he decide to do a film about? It's about, a, you know, a guy who's, you know, very dissatisfied with the world. He's convinced that mankind has gone on the wrong he's on the wrong track and it you know has gone too far down the wrong track which is different because chronologically andre rublev is obviously way before yeah we're talking about an inherited future which is pretty much present day um and he has a you know the sac the whole thing about the sacrifices just to in the character's story he kind of gets he kind of makes a promise to god um and kind of gets a second chance at things but the all the, the whole i the way i see it is the themes have gone and traveled all the way through and gone right up to the end of the you know his last film yeah um i mean we're talking about the sacrifice and i mean keep going back to this quote again it's all about self-sacrifice isn't it yeah yeah the man flew him for that he sacrificed his life you know he's, i mean the it's a different kind of sacrifice um at the end in the you know the uh, in in the sacrifice it's a, it's a very different kind of sacrifice um right but yeah i don't know you can't help but feel like there is that worldview of um you know whether he serving people or serving god i think's you know probably not a question most people would an ask themselves as an artist with, you know, with much, yeah. with, you know, without, you know, people wouldn't probably have much need to ask that, but I think Tarkovsky's mm, de definitely, definitely asking himself that. Definitely. Mm. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to, I'm going to be somewhat of a cunt here. Um, just do just a little bit devil's advocate, but, but so last, last week we were talking about Robocop and we were talking about how, fucking awesome it is that Verhoeven managed to you know make this film with all of these heady concepts and pretty biting commentary and also package it in a you know delicious delicious tight uh narrative yeah. um I would not describe Tarkovsky as accessible no it's it's I would, I, I would say he is making it? films for God I mean he's not making films for the people in quotes I mean the people ain't 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 going to see Rublev you know your average guy out there Probably uh, isn't that but, interested in it, but you know the p. See, that's I mean that's another matter entirely. You know when you, I mean that debate of accessibility and who you were deciding to reach and 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 how you're going to do it um, is quite a big debate. Um, whereas, whereas you know, in the case of Tarkovsky, I, I think he was a, a religious man. I think you, I'm, I'm deeply, got deeply yeah. religious man. So. Mm. Yeah, I think I think he was probably was more. May I think 
the dilemma that Rublev has in this film is a you know pretty reflective of a maybe mm. dilemma Tarkovsky had, and I think maybe he kind of possibly maybe even reached the same conclusion where he was just making films for God and and I and for and for people right. and for people. I mean, I'm sure as well. Well, I think I mean, thank God, thank God he made films. To be honest with you, because like we get to sit down and and watch them. Yeah, but yeah, they're not for everyone. No, you know? but me- oh. yeah, I think when you do kind of go and look through what he was doing as well, it's like he 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 had a kind of some crazy motivation behind what he was doing which could only kind of come from really kind of like deep spiritual convictions you know yeah. um because he was wedded he was wedded to it like totally wedded yes, to it yes there you go there you go yeah yeah he was yeah holy matrimony with the work yeah <laughs> So there's also another good line I'd like to bring up. Um, I mean, we're, we've done we've done quite well already, um, but I would like to. There isn't a really good line um, where the the uh, I think it's Cyril says, "Yeah, listen, Rublev, um, God will forgive you for fucking up. Like you don't need to just be you just don't you don't need to be silent for the rest of your life and never paint again. God will forgive you. Just don't forgive yourself." And you know you got to live between forgiveness and torment. Mm. Um, I mean, I almost this is a thing with. I think that I mean that speaks for itself. I, that line. I just wanted to say it out loud. Such a great <laughs> line. I mean, they. I mean, there's not much to unpack there. It's just so. It's it's great, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind. Of, yeah, uh, it's just kind of perfectly describes what the character kind of goes on to do as well. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, rain, rain. Yeah. You got anything on the rain? Because you 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 ca- you 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 brought the heat with with the horses, and rain seems to come at very specific times and almost come as like a just you know like a light turns on and it's like and rain. Um, yeah. 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 And it's and and obviously rain is comes from above. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, to put it plainly. Uh, another thing I would like to just, and I think this may roll in to to, to the rain thing, is crane shots, shots from above mm. that are number one. This is a '66 movie. I I don't know how big the crane was that was used to shoot this, but yeah. I can only imagine what kind of a monster the real one this piece of machinery was. Yeah. But the, what they reminded me of, and one shot in particular, um is almost too close to not be... Uh, well, look, I'm not going to say it's like, a you know, Tarkovsky's actively referencing Hitchcock, but there... It, I, look, there is a shot from above, down, facing... Looking down at the world. Yeah, with the bird. You're talking two, about the birds. Two birds in the foreground. There are the birds in the foreground. Yeah. A really elaborate matte painting shot where you have this God's eye view. A lot of people would would say it was uh when writing about that shot um would would describe it as the bird's point of view uh but hitchcock always described it as god's point of view um and you know where you have the birds in the foreground flying over uh, bodega bay as as the car the 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 explosion at the gas stations just happened yeah yeah that's a yeah so that's a pretty uh, important shot in in cinema history and also just in a pretty important moment um and it's i mean there's almost an identical shot in this film made uh shot only a few years after the birds came out mm-hmm. um 
But I, I'm not saying, you know, Tarkovsky watched the birds and then recreated that shot. I am just uh, pointing it out uh, because, you know, that's my where my brain went when I saw that shot. The way I think about that, and it's just my opinion, that if mm-hmm. he if he did, if he is referencing it, referencing Hitchcock, um, mm-hmm. it'll be something along the lines of how, you know, Solar, you know, sort of Solaris was supposed to be a reaction to, to uh, yeah. Space Odyssey uh, 2001. 2001. He's he's seeing it. But he's thinking, ha, like, like I'm going to do this, but I'm going to do it properly, sort of thing. Mm. Yeah. So, so if he is, you know, so if he is referencing Hitchcock, I think he's doing it with that kind of attitude. I don't think he's, pay- I don't think he's paying hom- homage, because I, because I, I think, I think this guy already thinks he's better than everybody. Everyone. Well, yeah, and and you know what? Which... I mean, pff, I'm not going to argue with him. <laughs> yeah so so he's kind of like i'll give you a proper god's eye view shot like over like this epic epic medieval battle you know that kind of thing so i if he is which obviously no we can never be too sure i mean the we can never his, know his quotes about space odyssey is you know is obviously a lot more well documented but if that's anything to go from and he is yep. referencing sort of and it is very classic western cinema it I, you'd almost be surprised if he wasn't aware of it. Well, I don't. This is the thing. I just don't know. Certainly not. Certainly not paying homage. homage I though. I could. I'm probably with you there. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would be like, "Oh, I'm gonna reference this shot with my shot because I like that shot." It's like, yeah, no. I think he's more kind of like say he's he would be more critical of how Hitchcock has actually used that shot, and and has decided to in if you know insert it into Rublev to kind of show how how much better it could be used in terms of in terms of how the overall you know the overall uh symbolism of of you know of that god's eye view and how that all kind of fits in with yeah yeah. you know the narrative structure of 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 his film and everything Mm. just like that he's like the deepest most difficult questions that you know we face as as human beings and that he's it's all throughout his work and he and he's 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 trying to do that mm. he's not shying away from these challenges um so yeah rain you'll see shots of vines underwater you'll see shots of a glass being filled up by rain overflowing mm-hmm. he these these things appear and they reappear um the the, the shots of it's a language, vines isn't it? there there's, there's so I think he's, you know, he's interested in how t- uh, time flows through things. I think rain is flowing water, all these things. Mm. They're actual visual uh, symbols of the passing of time. Yeah. And that's and that's what the, the cup filling up, um, you know, it brings to mind in um, in Stalker as well, when the camera's moving through all these kind of rusted objects. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's how I see the rain. Yeah. Um, mm. And mm. I think that's kind of like the nice, maybe the maybe you can combine the horses and I mean because the last shot is horses now horses obviously in now rain. in color in the mm. rain discarded left to the rain. Yeah, I don't know. The horses are the kind of the big question mark, the big the real mis- mm. intrigue, mysterious intrigue. Yeah, yeah. That's just like classic Tarkovsky. Um. Just a, I mean, just a quick thought. Mm-hmm. The way Christianity has been moving in 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 our world is um, 
that they they kind of moved away from a lot of the fire and brimstone stuff. I mean, I know that back you know back in the forties and fifties and shit, it was a lot more. You know, you'd go to Sunday school and they would really tell you like, hey, listen, Satan was going to take your soul. You're going to go down to hell. You're going to burn. I know there are some. uh, you know, branches of Christianity that still do teach the fire and brimstone stuff. But I know that's becoming way more out of fashion as time got, got, has gone on. Mm-hmm. Um, I even think in, by the time the 50s rolled around, it was starting to get out of fashion. I mean, and, and you have the Leuven brothers reminding us that Satan is in fact real. <laughs> um, in the, <laughs> I had to get that one in. Uh, in, in, in. In the mid-50s. So it's, And I think that song kind of uh, if you haven't heard that song, check it out, listeners. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I think that kind of is 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 basically a reaction to the fact that the, oh, you know, we're not teaching the kids about Satan anymore, and you know, they need to know that Satan is real. Um, and I don't know, Rublev saying, "Hey, listen, I don't want to do this whole Satan thing. I think it should be led by love and and um, and not not fear." Yeah. I think is kind of an interesting because uh, I, I I I'm kind of you know I love the Leuven brothers, but I'm kind of more in in line with the whole lead with love and not fear. Uh, thing yeah well i think you know i think this is sort of come after that part with you know the whole paganism mm-hmm. kind of you know where they're all running around naked and everything like that yeah um and it's i feel like there's such an interesting scene um where he kind of um wakes up the next day and like everyone is sort of like lying around naked sleeping and there's like this old lady who's kind of goes, it just comes yeah. in and does like a portrait of this old lady who's crying. Yeah. And then um, he kind of has that, he does that kind of talk about growing old um, and sort of talks kind of quite poetically about that. And that, and then he has that lovely shot of that, like uh, that boat, that just sort of like taps the side yeah. of the oh, other boat yeah. before before then sort of yeah. kind of drift drifting on us. Do you not think there's something kind of important there that sort of then that kind of like in his character development that then sort of takes him forward? Mm-hmm. He's uh, you know he was all sort of criticized because when he he was kind of chast- chastising those people saying that there's you know there's going to be a a th- thunder that comes to, like a fire that comes down and you know he was kind of using that, he that was, rhetoric yeah. wasn't he uh and 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 they kind of just sort of like disarmed him yeah yeah you're they right just sort of like hushed him basically yeah so we don't can't can't be forced to to uh yeah. join your religion he gets his his sort of philosophy of using love from the witches because she says love and then you know she kind of forces a kiss on him when he's tied up yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, are they witches? I don't well, know. He so he's he, kind of got that whole atmosphere of a witch, witching hour, but they're like they're basically like pagans, though, aren't they? So that's I don't mean like actual he 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 on on a on a broom witches. I mean witches in in Rublev's eyes, like yeah, like heathens, yeah. heathens. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so they're kind of like theologically speaking, probably like the polar opposite to him. Mm. Whereas yet he uh, maybe f- takes something from all of that, and and then the whole thing about the when one of his like assistants who's the younger kid reading out from any spot of the Bible and he's talking about like mm-hmm. women wearing head coverings and yeah. being like this, they sin if they're, you know, Showing if they're not head, praying yeah. with a head covering on and he kind of just like finds that ridiculous as well. It's kind of just like, I don't know. It's, 
maybe just um it's kind of just showing him his development as, as sort of as his vision just sort of becoming more clear more mm. clear i guess in yeah, terms of slowly what... just learning along the way yeah uh, okay so then the final point i also had um was when he says um uh, I think this is Rublev. It might be Cyril, actually, who says this. It's at the beginning uh, when he says that the monastery is looking like a marketplace. Do you remember who says that line? Do you remember that line? Krill- oh, Krillin. Right. Is it Kir- Krilli- Kirill- Kirillin? I've forgotten his. I've forgotten the character's name. I think but, it's. Um, I think it's Kir- Cyril. Well, Kirill- C Y R I L. C Y R I L. So Ki- no, Cyril. Kirill or Kirill is it? Kirill. Yeah, yeah. I, well, Maybe. I don't. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, La well, he, well, yeah. He when he basically he st- he he gets humiliated. Although nobody else knows he's he feels humiliated because he was the one who was supposed to be summoned. Yeah, yeah. And then exactly. he kind of has that, and he has that big rant and leaves, and then and then he uh, like murders his dog. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, but that's what kind of makes it quite biblical, though, isn't it? Because it's like, as you were saying before, because there is just like a parable out of the Bible. Mm. Like later, he's like begging to come back, isn't he? And has to like copy out the Bible like 15 times as like pen as like penance. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's where that's. Yeah. That's where that scene is, I think. Is that that the one you're referring to? Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um. Yeah, I just thought saying that the 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 monastery looks like a marketplace. Number one, it's a nice turn of phrase, uh, and number two, it's a kind of a sort of I feel a nice. Uh, well, that's from the Bible. Of... That's when Jesus goes into the temple and they're all like selling stuff, and he and he kind of trashes it. <laughs> oh, does he? Nice. Yeah. Good old. So Jesus. that's yeah, that's a kind of a one of the sort of things from the New Testament, which yeah. Um. So yeah. It's kind of yeah, that kind of reference to that. I think yeah. It's so it's such an epic film, and I think I mean, have you seen Kagamusha? No. It's a late Kurosawa. I think it's nineteen eighty. I still I need to um, I need to kind of I haven't brush up on your kuro. Yeah. Well, maybe we could do it here on Screen Dreams. You know, do a couple kuros. Um, I mean, I say it says Seven Samurai is Kurosawa, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, I think that might be the only film I've seen of his, you know. Oh, well, there's a lot there's a lot of good stuff. Um Yeah, I know, I know. I mean, Kagimusha's a very a very it's very as I say, it's late, it's 80s, mm-hmm. but there are these fucking battle scenes in Kagimusha with, you know, 3000 extras and they're, you know, famous for being these huge sequences. And um Andre Rublev man felt every bit as big as Kagimusha. Just like the gritty, the grain, the fact that like early on, there's that shot with just so many horses, you know, where they're on on either side of the river, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, and and like you're like, okay, well, there's a bunch of horses in the foreground, and there's a bunch of horses across the river, and they're like, wait a minute, there's even more horses even in the distance there. That's all horses. Um, it's very epic. It's a huge. I, I mean, in terms of his his work. I I I think this one stands alone. Yeah, in terms of production, it's it's probably his biggest production, isn't it? Yeah, 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 I, yeah I think it must be. So I mean, I haven't seen the sacrifice, but but yeah, I would imagine. No, no, no sacrifice is nowhere near as big. It's kind yeah, it's of like more, yeah, quite small. So yeah, uh, yeah, that's and I think 
yeah, he wanted to create that. He wanted to recreate that world. And I think that was kind of the reason why he got to make the film was that was mm. part of, that was part of the reason was because he sort of set out to do that. And that's how he was able to, to get the money for it and everything like that. So, but yeah, I mean, what a, what a, yeah, what a fantastic job. Yeah. And yeah, and it's kind of, it does stand alone because he kind of just closes the book on it as well. He's like, okay, don't need to do one of them again. Another historical (laughs) epic. I mean, yeah, don't need to do one of them. Pretty much nailed that. So now I can go to like pastures new and like, And, you and know, that's the and thing, his work is all so very different. I mean, he he did quite a few, and I, I'd hesitate to say sci-fi, but like, you know, kind of like interesting, kind of like out there surreal concepts. Like, I do think there's some a lot more in common between yeah, a lot of Stalker's his Stalker's referred to as a sci-fi, but I mean... It's not, is it? Come it's on, it's, it has minor science fiction elements to it. Uh, it can't yeah. be... I mean, Solaris. Granted, that's that is a sci-fi film. I mean, it's based on a space, you know. But Stalker, I think, yep. if you're going to call it a sci-fi film, I would, I, I, I wouldn't agree with that. I don't. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I think the problem with calling Stalker, you can't really call Stalker anything. That's the thing. It's so genre. It's not really a genre. Like it's. Yeah. It's it's out on its own. He does the, he does pull this a very similar trick uh, in Stalker actually. When they're all on the little like uh, Indiana Jones Temple of Doom uh, minecart, yeah, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> like going into the zone, and then and then suddenly it just cuts to color. That's a pretty powerful moment, and you're yeah, in the zone, but, and now yeah, it's all in, in the color. Zone. Yeah, 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 yeah. He does do the old the old hit hit you with a cut to color. Um, yeah, well, that, again. yeah, again. Well, you you know that's just another way that you kind of referenced it, his sort of sort of language language, yeah. language going yeah. forward there he uses it in a very very he uses it in a very meaningful way um so yeah it's uh yeah no i think that's that's a good point i mean i just think the actual shot like the actual bell sequence and how <sighs> that is shot and yeah. how there's that literally that shot of like when they finally pour they pour all the mold in all like mm. the molten stuff and like the mm-hmm. smoke's coming up behind his, uh, like behind his head, as if he's kind of uh, whilst he's kind of wishing for it to work. Like yeah. there's something sort of like magic going on there. That mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just beyond words. Like just how be- how beautiful it gets sometimes. That sequence is so good. And when when you know what? Oh my god, we got another little father bit. When when the, when he decides he's like that guy's not doing the work correctly, and he's like go you know go beat him. And then the other worker says, like, you know, your your father didn't treat us like this. You know, he didn't like the people working for him weren't yeah, yeah. Uh, so depressed mm-hmm. and like didn't also get radioactive poisoning. Uh, you know, take it easy, <laughs> Tarkovsky, you fucking <laughs> lunatic. Um, uh, uh, you know, there might be an element of that. You know, I paid in blood, but not my own sort of thing. Um, mm. But um, yeah, um, that bell sequence, I don't quite understand um, just from a like a technical standpoint how that bell mold worked because they show you they show you them building the mold right but they never show you the first stage i.e the concave interior you know what i mean so they i don't know yeah they make the mold out of clay 
Yeah, and then, but I, you never but see him like doing. You don't see them the the craftsmanship of them of the mold, no. do you? Really, you just. I wish the, you, you saw. I wish you got one shot of the guy of a guy pressing a horse shape into the clay. Yeah, see, that's I kind really would have liked what that. you don't get, isn't it? All that kind of part yeah. of where they're doing the mold, they're already kind of doing the outer layer with like the twining and everything like that, and then yeah. they and then yeah. they bake it oh, in the big fire. By the way, dude, what is on the fucking bell? A man on a horse. Oh no! Oh, hey. oh, Are you sure. Lovely. Yeah, yeah. It's a man on a horse. Yeah. I mean, I just put that together just now. That's that is literally the image on the bell. Yeah. Oh, there's something deaf. There's definitely something going on there. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, bell sequence. It's got to be up there. Top top sequences of all time. It, um, yeah, it's just such a joy to watch. You know, and. Mm. Just, just it's 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 interesting just to see like what they're doing and how they're doing it. Let alone whatever whatever kind of narrative purposes it serves. Yeah, it's just it's just beautiful just to and just to watch in it all in itself. So you're onto a winner there, aren't you? Mm. If that yeah. if that's, as is to be honest with you, as is the whole film. You know, it is beautiful to watch, even if you're not you don't really understand the metaphorical implications of it. Um, it is the cinematography is. I would say good enough to hold you over the three-hour runtime. Yeah, I think it's a. If a I mean, a film, a lot of epics don't pay, don't pay off. You know, I mean, I think you know you could. I think Lawrence of Arabia is a pretty good comparison, actually. Where, I knew that was coming. That was about yeah, to come but, out of your mouth. Yeah, but like, I just feel like the best of that film is. You know about like, like in 20 the first minutes. half. In the first half, you know. Well, maybe we could do that at one point. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, not not soon, but I. I'm never watching that film again. It's not that I didn't like it. I just. <laughs> wow. I'm not wow. like. Okay. Well, I would. I'd consider doing it. I would. But doing would, it on screen dreams. Come on now. Yeah, but I've just yeah. It would. I did. That was. Uh, see, Rublev doesn't feel like that to me. Rublev feels like mm. there's like this momentum that kind of builds up, and there's and there's a payoff at the end yeah and to have all those parts all those working parts and put them together like that in that way is just genius i mean masterful yeah yeah not bad for a second film eh not bad at all (laughs) thanks for listening to screen dreams we'll be back again next week talking about the 2018 coen brothers film the ballad of buster scruggs